We are in Champions League, man. That was my Dilly din, dilly dong, come on. I will love it if we beat them. Love it. This is the Modern Soccer Coach Podcast with Gary Kearney. Mateus, thank you so much for, for coming on. Super, super excited to have you here. Thank you, Gary. Thank you for the, the invite and the opportunity to talk to you and, and everybody else who's, who's listening to us. Brilliant. Brilliant. I did a post this morning about basically Brazilian football. Um, and I've, I've sent this in an email to you that I was a, I've been a big fan of Brazilian football for a long time. I don't really like modern day documentaries because they're normally like a, a little bit fabricated and a bit forced. And, but I, I love the, the documentary on Amazon about the team because you can't really act passion. And I just found there was so much passion in it. So yeah. the first question that I wanted to ask you was, there's like when you see the team interact, there's a real focus on togetherness. There's hugs, there's handshakes, there's laughs. Is this something that is unique to just Brazilian culture, or is this something that you wanted to kind of build into the team when you're there together? So, uh, first of all, we, we didn't think that the Amazon uh, documentary was going to be as natural as it was in the beginning, everybody was like, what's going to happen? Well, I mean, we're not used to it. Can we be ourselves or not? And then the guys that worked for, for them and became part of the team. So it was everybody feeling feeling good and won. And then they were cheering for us in the game. So it, it became much more easier. And uh, we, we like that. Brazilian people, we usually like that. We like to, to hug. We like to be, to be happy. Uh, but in the beginning, it's always like that, you know. When you when you see your friends coming back together, when you meet new people, but then the 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 harder part is to to keep that throughout the way, to keep this this environment, the, the natural feeling of of it, you know, to to like to be with each other during the the tough times and how it's gonna happen because sometimes you don't have a good day, sometimes you you wake up in a in a bad way, but I I I think I truly believe that the players felt that the, the coaching staff and the, everybody was like, we're here to help you guys to be ourselves. So let's get it on together, you know? And then they were feeling it. And then since the beginning, it just, just kept it going like that. It was, it was an unbelievable, unbelievable setup for us. And it's mm-hmm. nice that a lot of people can, can watch it now because it was, it was really the feeling that we were, we were feeling right there. Yeah. Even, even the clip of, when Neymar visits the squad and he and he hugs your father, it's like yeah. it's not a quick two second hug that you would give a player that you haven't seen. It was like a five, six, seven second, and then a joke about like there's a real authenticity, a real closeness. How how do you build that relationship whenever international football is typically hard because you don't see them yeah. that often? So how do you how do you build that strength of relationship? I believe this is something that that we started building when we we got to Ecuador when we, we first our first matches uh, in the Brazilian national team we got to Brazil in a in a tough tough time the Brazil was not 
was not in, in the top five to qualify for the 2018 World Cup. And then we got there, like we had one month to prepare to 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 call the players. And then we get to Ecuador, we say like, look, we have to to tell them that they can believe us, but they have to feel it. They 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 can't just listen to it and then we do something that they say, look, I don't trust these guys. So we try to to build this environment of confidence and that of trust that we they they they, they could feel that they they can trust us. So when we, we had meetings there to talk to each other, say, look, this is not our, our place. You had to be better than that. We're going we're gonna to organize you the way we, we believe you guys can, can provide the best football you can give. And then you can feel free to, to do whatever you, you think is best for the team. So that's, that's the process. And then throughout that, we started a, a great run for, to, to go to the World Cup. We were unbeaten in the, in the qualifiers and everything. And then this is it's a long process through tight windows, like you said, because you're not with them every every time. But maybe this is something good for us. Because we have we're there 10 days, everybody really enjoyed the last match. Every, every time the last the last match goes off, and we talk to each other, and then we say, look, we wanted to be here more time because it's a nice environment, everybody likes each other, we're joking with each, each other. So let's let's do our best to be here next time. So I think this is this is a build on from from the way we we came, and then we start every time you you talk to them, you earn their trust, you tell them to to do something, you show them videos that they have to be better on something, and they understand that we're trying to help them as much as we are trying to help us, and we need them to help us as well, because in the end, if I, I do something wrong, it's not gonna be just me who's gonna fail, everybody's gonna fail. And then we we could build this really well, and the, the team really felt it. And when when you said that hug was was a really natural one, it was nothing nothing forced. Uh, but I truly believe Neymar really wanted to be there to be champion in Brazil again with us, and then he was really really cheering for us. I believe he was in our almost our all of our matches mm. throughout the Copa America. So oh, it's, he it's sprinted in when he beat Argentina. He sprinted into the locker room. Exactly. The <laughs> yes, yes, he was there with us. I mean, with the World Cup, like again, how the game has changed in 25, 20, 30 years, whatever. Uh, pressure has added, you know, like I remember the, the obviously Ronaldo in 98, the World Cup final, um, then the, the, the pre game against Germany with the national mm -hmm. anthems and you almost felt like they were so hyped up and ready to play. Is there, I mean, how, how do you, because emotion is a big part of your pre-camp, like your father's team talks are highly mm -hmm. emotional. So is there ever a day, is there ever a worry about making the emotional message too high or is that just a game part of Brazilian culture? We, we try to control that. Something that our, our pretty much our emotional part it doesn't come right before the match. Like we have this this meeting every 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 game day, but like if our game is at four, for example, we will do this pre this this talk. Pre they showed a lot of the emotional part, but it's like tactics as well and the plan that we have for the game. So we we usually do this before lunch, so they have a time to sink it in, to feel that emotion, but then to stabilize and then to focus for the for the task. You know but we we're we're emotional people here in brazil 
so it doesn't need too much for us to to get agitated and something and that's one thing that when i went to the us i usually before the, the matches in brazil i used to to listen to to calm songs just to relax and then i got there and boom 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 i said oh, i'm ready to get a red card for the first five minutes i have to to calm down a little bit you know so it's it's different culture but you adapt and and this is how this is something that we 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 learned that if we don't don't take this message right before the match they can sink it in they can understand it and then they just relax because i i truly believe sometimes the people the, the other national team in south america will want to 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 make us feel uncomfortable by by pushing our nerves so we have to be focused and concentrated every time to not not make mistakes because of that mm. that's interesting on the so the coaches deliver that message a few hours before it and in the video it doesn't really show that because it's all put together but mm -hmm. i also noticed that there's a few pre pre-games just before you went out or whatever everyone had their kit on so it looked it was Danny Danny Alves was given instructions. Is that is it player led for the last part, or is that just all kind of changes every game? Oh, can you repeat? I didn't understand very well. When whenever the in the clips it showed sometimes before the game, Danny Alves was was talking. Um, mm -hmm, is, that, mm -hmm. is that something that happens every game, or is that something? Yes. That, you know, yes. the players lead. Yeah. Yeah, the players like we we do everything. We show the videos. We give this this pregame. We show this pregame video uh, for the tactics and a little bit of emotional as well. And then before the match, you say like, "It's your time to put it off. Your time to talk." Usually, the captain and whoever wants to to talk or say something, they completely free. So it's the time that they cheer them up as well, as well as in the warm up a little bit. And that's their time to to be focused and do whatever they they need to do to to get ready, you know. Inter again, going back to the Argentina game, whenever the the locker room like Neymar's running to the locker room and the mm -hmm. locker room going crazy, but then it it shows your father sitting in, and and you're walking out of there as well, and he just looks as if it's just relief. I mean, is there a sense of like after each game, is there? What's the balance between that's we you know relief and happiness almost? How do you manage that as a coach? It's 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 hard. You you play with so much feelings that sometimes it's hard to understand which one is coming on top of of the other. But I, I for us we get ready. We we set everything up for the match as the coaching staff and him the coach that yeah. sometimes we we cannot do anything else. You know. We were there, we're waiting, and we were on the stadium that Brazil lost 7-1 to 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 to, to Germany. And we're on a semifinal again, you know, so that's a lot of pressure. A lot of people not, not believing you're gonna go as far without Neymar. So it was a mixture of emotions from from relief and, and really joy. But I for me at least the relief came before of then the joy i was first we threw it we threw it now we have to focus for the next one and then when you see the other guys celebrating maybe it gives you a a bump and you can okay okay let's enjoy for now you know because it was 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 a was really hard moment we don't normally talk about development with national teams uh, for two things i think because you're not there for a long time and then the players are normally at that 
the level they're at is is usually super super high but it was something that you said in in one of the episodes whenever you were doing some work with i think it was gabriel jesus you're you're doing some shooting with them and and you mentioned that that it was a responsibility of the coaching staff to make them to get them better when they were here is that something that you know that again that's that's in the culture of your training camps Yes, definitely. We we truly believe that it doesn't doesn't matter the, the age or this the stage that the player are. If they want, they can always learn and and develop something new. And what what we're trying to to do and to to make his difficulties less 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 hard. You know, I don't know if if you understand, mm-hmm. but to creating like game situations that that he's gonna really face it and to take the best out of it because we were for gabriel for example we were he was playing a lot as center forward in in city and then we bring him in the training camp firmino is our starting center forward but gabriel is has had built such a high level that would say look we have to have options for him to play and he has played before in the wings so we say look he fits our right wing the way we want to play right now so we start practicing sometimes in the right wing with him so that's something that he's not used too much to do when he's in city anymore. So we say, look, we can practice right here. You're going to have chances right here like this. So let's improve it. And then they're talking to him. How, how you feel about doing about that? You got to take to your left as well. You cannot take just to your right. You got to make the other guy confused sometimes. And then you build this with, with the, the, the players as well as for Richarlison. Neymar, everybody. So, and they, they feel that is this is genuine. You know, we want to to improve them. We want them to be better with us, as well to to give them better for their teams. Because I truly believe that sometimes the teams think, shit. I'm sorry, but I'm gonna give the the play for the national team, and then he's gonna come back tired. He's gonna want to rest. He doesn't want to go back. And that's something that since we got in, you say, look, we have the reports, everything what the players uh, did here. We're giving back to you. We don't want to give them uh, in a bad shape. We're going to give them back to you in a good shape. Because before, we were from a club. So you understand the perspective of it. We didn't want our player to, to get in and to, to go to the national team and come back to two pounds heavier. You know, So we take care of them. And that's what we, we try to do. And that's a relationship that we try to build with the coaching staffs as well as the clubs. Mm. Yeah, that, that physical side is... I mean, you, you do look at that squad and you think as technically and good as everyone is, they're, they're so athletic. And then you see the kind of support. You lose track of counting all the trainers and medical departments. So it's obviously it's a big part of, of that training camp, that 40 days plus that you're away, that the physical aspect, the diet has to be right. Yes, exactly. You have to take care of, of everything. And that is something that we... We really study to to bring the players here as well because we know that the the game today is not just about talent but the hard work as well and physicality. So we, we push them. We always have the monitoring people together with us. We try to to balance this really well. But I believe we will be we've been doing a, a good job on that. On the subject of physicality, the something really interesting your father said when he was looking at the Paraguay game that was obviously super physical and aggressive mm-hmm. and, like, and, and it went to penalties and you couldn't score and he felt that the physicality of the game reduced or impacted the creative process of the player 
Um, is that something that you see because people will normally try to deal with you and make you uncomfortable? Is that something that you experience in games that, that it's difficult for those players to shine because of the nature of it sometimes? I, I believe that match was was particular because it was not, not only Paraguay style, they were, they were man marking all of us. They were trying to, to, to follow every time. But the most difficult part was the field. The pitch was terrible. Well, what we would used to do when, when somebody marks us like that is to make the ball move quick, to maybe get a 1v1 in, a, in our bigger window of opportunity, you know, more space for the player to, to, to be creative. And then we, we couldn't do that with, with, with one or two touches. If you watch, if you try to watch the, the match, sometimes you had to, to give like two, three, four touches to, to make the ball go on because the pitch was re really, really, really bad, bad way. So I think those, both of those together made it really hard. However, when we were, when you asked the question, I was thinking about it, but the worst, the worst for us is to play with against high physicality and low lines. Because then, then you have to to be really creative and use the the tight spaces. But then, if the field helps you, maybe you have a window. But that was was not was not the best scenario. And even even like that, we created so many chances to score throughout the game that I we couldn't believe we didn't score. We said, look, it can't happen again. And it was the third time in a row that Brazil would play penalty kicks against Paraguay in America Cups, and the last two, Brazil got eliminated. <laughs> so it, it was not the best scenario looking forward to, but, it, you know, it, it seems like it, everything happened like the way it was completely supposed to happen, like the opposite as before. Uh -huh. so it, was, it was funny. Uh, just on that subject of playing against difficult teams then, was that the some of the instructions before the Argentina game was of the the amount of time you guys had in possession was way more than Argentina had in possession. So it was restart everything quick. Was that is that another way to try and destabilize compact defenses? Is the is the quick restarts and and keep that fitness level as high as possible? So you almost beat them physically in a different way. Yeah, because we know that when we play Argentina, Uruguay, Paraguay, they're gonna try to break the game every time. Every time they can, they they're going to make, make a foul and then start to argue. And then we forgetting the game. They're going, to, they're going to rule over us. So what we said, look, foul, don't look the ref, don't complain. Just play. Just play it on, play it on, play it on. Make them feel the, 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 the energy that we have. You know, because we knew going to that game that our physical level was better than them because we were getting all the data from, from the America Cup and we were pretty much the best teams like in sprints and everything sprints high intensity like the more kilometers per match so we knew and even being the dominant team sometimes you see the, the the less dominant team running more but we were the dominant team throughout the matches and we were running more and more sprints more quick reactions change of directions so we knew that if we if we put some of that into the game it, it would help us and then something that really helped us about that was on the first the first goal i think yeah, they were complaining on a foul, mm. and then we just kept it going. And it was not a foul; it was clearly not a foul from from Danny Alves. And they, the guy, will stop. We start stop it complaining, and then we just play on and go. I believe the second one too. Yeah, the second one was on the. It was a counter attack, wasn't it? And it was the exactly. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, the we got a little bit of an insight to set pieces, which everyone coaches fascinated by, and, and you played a big role in that. There, and one of the guys scored and was. Uh, and yeah. then seeing you defending, you're you're in the box and you're pushing, shoving. Curious whether is that a daily thing? Is that the day before? How do you structure that set piece practice? The set piece practice we split on two days: the offensive part and then defensive part. Usually, the defensive part is one day before the match because you're gonna practice at the stadium. So they're going to have real light and everything. And sometimes you have somebody else watching the practice. So if you do the offensive part, they, they can figure out something that you're going to do different. So we try to break up on two days because it's, it's like, like we say, it's not uh, very physically demanding, but it's, it's mentally demanding. Because mm -hmm. you ask them, look, we know you, don't got, you guys don't like to do it, but you need 15 minutes of your attention. Just let's do it really well, really, really focused, and let's get on with it. We have we have a standard of of playing on. the way we play it's, it's more like zonal marking not too much man marking so everybody knows but i always me and the, the coaching staff we always give like how the the adversary is gonna is gonna attack it so usually on this practice we say look one guy is gonna come here so we have to be tight here don't have too much to give space to him somebody's gonna block him so we we always do, do that setup one day before the match mm. the video and then the practice the same day the inter we just got a question there for one of the coaches who's watching and um from uh, joe joe demay um i remember years and years ago the dunga talked about players when they leave brazil changing and almost this become <coughs> european the, the european league impacting them do you is there ever any challenges with team spirit whenever the players go away and spend so much time um, away from Brazil? Or is it something that they actually enjoy coming back and go back in the squad and a bit more Brazilian life? Yeah, they, they really enjoy it because sometimes they don't have too much Brazilian players or, you know, they, they're not used to, to live with so many different cultures as the big European clubs in, in Europe. So they come back to Brazil, they say, look, here we talk to everybody, we make jokes with, with everybody, we know every, everyone is one of us, you know. Mm. So that's something that they really, really enjoy about it, to be, to be among just, just Brazilian people. We got a little glimpse into the analysis side of it. Um, we saw the, I, I loved how the coaching, the analysis department said there was two games. There was a game upstairs and a game downstairs. Mm -hmm. uh, I thought that was brilliant. You're obviously <laughs> playing a key role in the facilitating that to your father. So I wanted to see whether that was, do you look for the same stuff every game and give it to him at the same time? Or is it different uh, depending on opposition? Uh, you mean during the game? During the game, yeah. Now it, it's it's like me and the other assistant coach we've, we've been talking throughout the the game and then he comes and asks us some something and then sometimes we cannot see the clear picture here so it, we start, we tell the guys upstairs look we can see this hole here we can can we have we have more space to attack somewhere we have more space to attack another place and then it, it really helps so it was something that we try to and sometimes you need the half time to to adjust it first game against Bolivia. We we started a little bit nervous. We felt the pressure after the 15th minutes. We couldn't score, and then we started to making 
bad mistakes, not, not usually the mistakes we do. And then we say, but we, we could see the space we had, but we cannot, we cannot do, do something. And then we talked to, to Tite and then he tried to, to tell them, but then we had to show a half time to the, the people upstairs brought it, brought it down, showed us, and then we said, okay, let's do this adjustment for Nandinho, go a little bit higher, we're occupying the same space, we had to be closer to, to their goal, and then you, you can make the adjustment. Sometimes just, just an insight for the player, and they will help, but sometimes we need a, we need a little bit more time. And it depends the match. We don't have like a, a protocol for that. We're trying to establish at least we try to say, look, at the first 10, 15 minutes, guys, upstairs, if you see something, let us know. You know, but we don't we don't really just wait for that. Sometimes it's before, sometimes everything is going smooth. We just check check something, check something. It's okay, okay. And then we don't we don't give because he likes to be to be really focused on what is going on. And we don't like to bring just any information. So when we, we try to bring something to him, he gotta be straight. He's gotta gotta be spot on, you know. Um, whenever the other aspect that I really enjoyed was that this word that joy the whenever again the Argentina game and they built it up really well obviously we're going back to the stadium and so much pressure and you're thinking mm-hmm. and even though the score and I'm thinking oh big game this big game this I'm nervous watching it even though I know the score um, but the message of like you must play with joy you must play with joy and that normally doesn't go around or alongside motivation. Joy usually is uh, having fun. It, yeah. is, that a, is that just knowing American culture and knowing Brazilian culture? <clears throat> is that just the difference in the wording of it, or is like does it mean the same thing and it's still part of your life? It does mean the same thing because we we know the pressure we have you know but we want them to to feel this joy that they have playing on the streets as well mm. we don't want them to be just robots you know no i gotta one two touch pass one two touch pass one two touch pass they have to to feel that they're really enjoying the game the game they're playing they're playing the same we we say look sometimes we tell them think that you you're in, on your backyard playing with your kids you know you have responsibilities, but do it with, with joy, you know, with passion. And that was exactly something that we were talking about the other day in our, in our staff meeting that sometimes uh, the players all, all over the world are too much criticized for doing something in midfield, like an effect play, maybe a, some a play uh, over the, the other guy's head or a mag or an effect play you know some scissors and say why, why are we doing that if sometimes this this can be something that you you build on as a player maybe if you do it right next time you have more confidence and maybe the the other guy who, who suffered over is gonna say oh now, now i'm gonna come back i'm gonna come back okay it's like a mental game as well and if we're happy doing it it's gonna be even more better for us you know that's fascinating. Staying on that mentality piece, then with those players, the you know best players in the world, uh, <clears throat> the Neymar's, Dani Alves, by Brazil. What what do they? What separates them? Like wh- when you see those players, like what makes you go? That's why you're playing at the level that you're playing at. They have that joy, 
but they are so competitive they can't they don't want to lose anything if you're going to play a small side 2v2 just for arm up they don't want to lose they have to win i'm going to show you i'm better than you and i'm going to show with my skills i'm going to show trying to win if i have to be hard i'm going to be hard with you so it brings everybody they, they stay the level of focus and the, the level of, of, of the practice bring it so much higher when you have that, that mentality between your players. One guy that really stands out on that as well is Felipe Luiz. Mm. Felipe Luiz always brings the, the practice practice level so high because of his intensity. He wants he wants to be hard. He wants his teammates to, to, to play hard, but he wants the, the other team to play hard as well. He doesn't want a, an easy game, you know? Mm. So that's, that's what makes those kind of players a little bit different they take the everyday practice as is a competition so it, you're always growing you, you don't take anything for granted you know you have to to be better today i have to be better today i have to be better today but they have something that i don't i i i completely don't understand that they are there and then the practice is over, they go to the other side and they're joking. Say, how, how can you be so competitive? Like in one, two, three seconds later, you're joking, you're, you're like, like you're not practicing. And that's fascinating as well. That is fascinating because you've <laughs> played over here and that's not something that, I mean, I'm sure you experienced things in US culture that you thought, it, it, you know, it's almost like coaches have to set the players up to get their mindset going and then they have to then tell them that it's okay to relax again. Uh, I mean, so what I would say then to your question then about those all, like, could you manufacture that in America or how would you, where would you start? Uh, I, I, it's tough. I don't know. It's, it's a hard one because it took me a while to, to, to sink in how is the culture in America and the, the teams that I play were so much more, international players so you have so much cultures it's hard to to try to to bring one message all along you know you have to to be you have to, to be able to adapt to everybody and to make everyone feel comfortable so it's it's something that's it, it really it, it's and talking to the players as well that we have that play in big clubs in europe they say that it's not a like that in their clubs exactly for the same reason it's hard to to bring everybody in the same level because you have to to understand the background of everyone so everyone had had a different childhood everyone had different way of education everybody's taught something different but in the end everyone has the same goal so how to how to achieve that like for us, when we are together, it's a little bit easier because everybody understands better each other and the, all the background. You know, if somebody came from the favelas, you know, if somebody else had, had to go through, even if had a, a better way of life, more money, but you had to go through everything that the other people had. So we, we know the background. And in America, it, it's it's different exactly because you you don't know the surrounding of everybody. It's a, It's a different mixture it's it's really interesting i i really wanted to know i, I know that the our last season with with moody working pretty well we, we could manage it together we bring everybody from from different places and and it really worked but it, it's tough it's really interesting because yeah the again 
so complete polar opposites in a in a socioeconomic backgrounds of a player in the college system in America who the majority are from middle class and then you're looking at a Brazil professional national team that are from the favelas that are from I mean yeah is that is that does that change motivation enjoyment love joy does that then impact everything the whole way through uh, yeah I, I believe they they know they have to be better on that once they have the talent, everybody around you tells you have the talent and you have to work hard on that. And maybe it's, it's, it's something that you can bring your family out of, of poverty, you know. Mm-hmm. You you can build your, your family legacy throughout, throughout the sport. So this is something that really, really brings the guys tough, you know. Their toughness sometimes it's... It's it's incredible to to see how they they don't break with some with some some things and then they break with some something else that you you don't believe like it's just that and then you you're feeling you're not feeling okay but you have to understand that and to ap- try to approach it and then once one thing that we we say to everybody here we say let's this this type of people wants to to tell them the truth it's like everybody else but but a lot of a lot of people come come around them and, and want to 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 get something out of the the guy. You just have to be to be truthful to him, and then he's gonna look. He's he's treating me the way I want. He's treating me the way he's treat. I'm treating you. I'm treating my father as a coach. My my friends over there. So that's that's something that really really builds. Once once in America, like like you said, usually they have better background they're more established family and they they understand that if you give a, a an order or you ask them to do something sometimes they don't believe they, they're going to argue with you instead of just doing it and seeing if this is going to work you know and maybe and maybe sometimes I, I was one of that when i was in the beginning as well because i had a better condition i was i was living through soccer my my whole life and sometimes I, I I was not open to understand the surrounding around me, and even in America, when I got to to Carson Limo with Moody, I had to understand the surrounding for me to fit in after, and I was trying to make everybody else fit my my way, and what was not right, and also I think this is this is this is one one of the the hardest. I truly believe this is one of the hardest tasks that, that the coaches in the U.S. have. Mm. I'll come back to, I'm going to come back to this, but I want to ask you, like, I've, I've worked at Wingate, played at Wingate, so I'm well mm-hmm. aware of what, what Jefferson City is. And, and I mean, I need to be a few college coaches on here. How did you manage to end up at Carlton Newman? There is literally nothing there but <laughs> football stadium, soccer field, and a couple of buildings. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, for, for me, it was much more because I was in Williamsburg, Kentucky. <laughs> it was even less there, you know. And then Moody brought me. He 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 had a he was a good talk, you know. He has a good talk. He really convinced me to go there. And look, come here. You're gonna enjoy. We need you. We have this. We're gonna build up on it. And, and it, it surely worked really well for me. And that was there was some time that I was not focusing on on, on the life around the city you know i was focused on, on get my get my degree play on the better level that i can 
and let's see what life brings brings later. Uh, I had the chance to go to to the U.S. a little bit older, so I was I was more mature about that as well, and he, he uh, definitely helped me. And there was something that a lot of the guys that play with me the, for the in the last year they they always joked that was I was their like their father because I was always pushing their ears and say come on let's do better you guys can can can't live like that you can't drink all night and then come to the practice in the morning it's my senior year you gotta help me guys come on and that's that's something that that for me was was good it was a small city but yeah I had the chance to to really focus on what I wanted brilliant Brilliant. Yeah, one of your alumni, Sam, uh, is, is on here and she just asked about, you mentioned there about telling players the truth, um, that trust, that relationship. When you're when you're not with them for so long, how do you communicate with them? How often do you call them? How, how does that work? Something that we do, we, we always follow them. So like... This this February I was in I was in Spain talking to the players. We go to the practice, we go to the matches. We let them know, look, we're here for you. We're watching you play. We want to watch your practice. You want to talk? You want to have, have a coffee? Let's talk after practice. You know, so so they don't feel that they're just left out. And then you now come come in. We need you guys now. So this is something we try to to keep them to keep them. And then we we talk to everybody through messages, maybe not as often as we want because we don't wanna uh, we don't wanna get get in between the their teams, you know. Sometimes they're in, in hard situations, they have lots of matches we don't wanna talk, but then we, we watch a match, we say he did a good job or he did something wrong. Like hey, you can do better than that. You you're doing really well on this, you can improve that. So we just a little bit talks. And we're we're a big coaching staff. Like we have, two, we had two assistant coaches. Now we have Cesar Sampaio, who was oh, a coach in midfielder. Yes, yeah. he's with us now. We have the coach. We have two analysts as well. So we know somebody has a has a better relationship with the other guys. So we have more communication. Like I have with one or two or three or four players, and then Sampaio maybe has a, a better approach with some of them. The other analysts with other ones. So we try to. To make them feel we're always looking on them mm. and then we just we don't say that we do that once we say it we show and then we go there okay let's have a coffee let's do something so they really feel that that we're doing that with, with joy as well mm. we really like to follow them yeah whenever you're um again building that respect or getting that respect a big talking point in the, especially in the soccer community in England, is the, the people who don't have a soccer professional background. Uh, you mentioned like Cesar Sampaio, an absolute legend of the game. I remember him playing. I mean, have you found any challenges with with not playing at the professional <clears throat> level in Brazil or World Cup level with with connecting with players? Not too much, not too much, because we had we have another members of the staff that. What, what they want, because another thing that we, we really say is when we're going to talk to our players, we have to be right. We have to show them that we're right on something. We, we cannot go there and just say, look, you should have done that better. And he's going to turn to you and say, look, I'm playing. I did that and it worked. Why, why are you saying that? You know, so you, you have to show them 
that you care and that you, you want to make them better, even if it's a hard thing and the videos really help us. And of course, in the beginning, they're going to be studying you. It's not going to be like from a zero to a hundred percent trust. So they're going to look, if you tell them something that it works, if you tell them something that is wrong, so it's going to give a step back. So it's a building process. And that's, that's what made, made it really good. And it was, for me, it was good because in the, in the first match and halftime, I was upstairs and then we come there against Ecuador and say, look, we have a lot of space in the, be behind the, the, their back line. Let's use it. Casemiro, you have a little bit of extra time. If the ball sometimes, just chip one over. Just chip one over, let's see what happens. And then first ball, he chips it. Gabriel Jesus suffers the PK and then 1-0. So it, it, of course, it helps you, you know. But it's, it's these little things that, that's going to make their trust. And if, you, if you're an ex-player, maybe sometimes you, you give a lot of wrong impressions for them. They, they're not going to trust as much on you. So I, I, believe, I believe that the former players have an advantage. But your work is going to talk more than what you had in the past. Yeah, great way of putting that. Um, whenever you're, I mean, it looks as if, you know, the video is something that is a part of everyday life in the camp. It's not just something that's pre-game. It looks like every meeting that you're having staff meetings, mm -hmm. there's video everywhere. Mm -hmm. uh, you're, you're overseeing all the time. Yeah, in our in our week schedule for the match, like if we have four days to the to the match, probably we have two days of video at least, mm. and the game day as well. But we try to 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 keep the videos the more precise we can, so we don't hold them more than 15, 20 minutes for every video. Maybe sometimes just five minutes, ten minutes. We try to break it down for them to get focused, get the information right, and then we work on it. Get focused, get the information right, and then we work on it. Because we, we we feel like giving like a 30 minutes video, like 40 minutes video, it's too much information. Sometimes you give the information, you don't practice the information you gave, it all, go, it all goes out, away. So we try to, to make like a really, really, really step-by-step -step learning, learning or teaching process. Brilliant, brilliant. Okay, uh, last couple. There's a couple of coaches there asking just about working with your father. Is that, you know, like how much, I suppose, the, the communication during the day? Are you, do you talk a lot? Do you give each other space? Does it depend or how does it work? It's, it's really funny because I grew up being challenged by him. Every time we would, we would watch a match, I said, look, what is happening there? He said, no, you tell me what is happening there. I'm not going to tell you. You have to, to read it. You have to understand it. And then we start talking about it. And then I started going to watch matches with my cousin, with my friends. And I look, look, there's one player good there. There's another one there. And then we, we're in work. I have all this, this liberty with him. Do, do you understand? Yeah, freedom. So, yeah, freedom with him. So sometimes I'm always going against him and everybody else look, what is going on? What is going on? I say, guys, you got to help me. If you have to say something, say something. It's not going to me and him every time, every time bumping heads. And also, but it's it's good because one of the best things that, that he does is to, to, give, to give voice to everybody. 
so we all in the coaching staff have to give our our opinions and then after that we take a decision together and of course he's the one who's going to take the final decision and everybody is fine with that but i'm usually the one who, who bumps heads with him and then everybody else gonna be look choose a side it's me or him <laughs> i don't usually win those ones but i try <laughs> how much i mean being a coach's son growing up obviously could a massive amount of advantages because you get to go and see the, the life up close but um there's also got to be seeing that pressure and seeing that stress and i mean <laughs> How much of, again, going back to the joy and enjoyment of it, how much are you as a coach, do you try and balance like, okay, I can get away from the game and, and, and a bit of family time and, and stuff like that there? I, I grew up so much involved in, in, in football. And then that's how he is. He's like that. He's 100% of the time uh, football, 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 football. You know, some, it's hard for him to to take to take a time off, mm -hmm. but I can because usually I, I could stay with I was gonna stay with my mom and I, I have two kids so I said let's let's take a, the mind away of it just relax a little bit. You know, it's it's something that I really admire him that he's so focused on it. I can take a little bit of time off, but not not too much, and it's. Because I had, and like you said, I had an advantage. Of course, a lot of people talk about it like he's the son and everything, but I had the teacher at home. Mm -hmm. So it was, it was up to me to grab the best tools that he had and try to start working on my craft. And not just to be there, look, I'm his son and I'm going to be, no. And I, I, I have, I'm completely sure that if I, I wasn't able to, to be with him, he was going to be the first one to say, look, I love your son, but you have to be better. Like this, we, we cannot go on. Because we know that the pressure around us, it's, it's bigger just because of a father-son figure. You know, a, lot of, a lot of the times, that's one thing they say in Brazil, a lot of the time people criticize me or him, but they don't know my job. They don't know what I do. And I usually say, okay, you, if you want to criticize me, it's completely fine but understand what i do come on come here we and we're completely open check our practices see our day-to-day -day routine if you want to come talk talk to me and then you can criticize whatever you want and the culture of brazil it doesn't help too much because we have a lot of cases of fathers and sons in politics and a lot of places doing bad bad things so everybody that sees that just it's like oh just because it's his son but uh, that's something that i i moved on i know what i can do if you want to criticize me by my work it's completely fine but don't criticize me by my I, i'm it's not my fault that i had the chance to learn mm -hmm. and i and that i really wanted to learn use it to to learn brilliant brilliant fantastic i say this has absolutely flown by um really mm -hmm. really enjoyed it's been really really good insight uh i've loved the show so i'm gonna go watch it again now no one more inside stuff so i really appreciate you giving up the time and coming on and look forward to following you and, and hopefully out on the pitch again very soon exactly and whenever you i know you live in the us now yeah yeah in the us yeah whenever we're there you and everybody else just try to 
to to talk to me and if you guys want to watch a practice or something we can we can set up that like i said it's it's really honest we are really open to people who wants to watch what we're doing we don't we don't hide things we just want to show everybody that we we, we work with joy of course sometimes we can okay just a just a little bit time but we, we're open book as we say here for everybody in brazil so we are an open book for everybody in the world as well Fantastic. Well, I'll be there. I'll be next practice in America. I'll be standing front row. <laughs> okay, cool. Moody, Moody owes me one of those. Yeah, he tells me every time. I'm going next time and he never comes, but let's uh, see if you go before. <laughs> I'll bring Moody. Yeah. Fantastic. No, I love this, Matthias. Thank you so much and um, and hopefully speak to you very soon. Thank you, guys. Thank you for the opportunity as well. Thank you for listening to the Modern Soccer Coach Podcast. For more coaching topics, sessions, and resources, head on over to Coach Kerneen on Facebook or visit the website at www.modernsoccercoach.com.